Pray with me, Father in heaven. It is good to be in your presence, to know and feel that the Holy Spirit is here, that your words, the words of Jesus, are going to speak to us through Scripture today. May our minds and hearts be open to hear what you say. Amen. Food fights. Anybody ever been in a food fight? Anyone ever seen a food fight? Any of you ever want to start a food fight or try to stop a food fight? We're going to look at a food fight here in a second in the Bible. The Pharisees wanted to start a food fight with Jesus, and uh, he taught us a powerful lesson there. I'm going to tell you a food story. When I heard that the series was Taste and See, I was very excited that we had that as our theme for a couple of weeks, and Pastor Bernie asked me to preach this week. And so I was happy to get involved in this Taste and See series. My wife and family and I, we lived in Puerto Rico for 16 years. We lived without the Olive Garden. Uh, We lived without other necessities in life. And we lived without one of my favorites, Krispy Kreme donuts. No Krispy Kreme donuts in Puerto Rico. And one year, one of my really good friends, Mike Marino, who lives in Collegedale now, came down to see us and he brought me on the plane a box, a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. And to his credit, he did not eat one and he didn't sell them on the plane, which I'm sure he could have got a good price for them. He brought them to our house. I ate one of them, was very happy, went to bed that night. Got up the next morning, went downstairs. There were three donuts in the box. We had gone from 12, I ate one 11, to three in one night. That means eight donuts had gone somewhere. I immediately called a roll call of my children. My son, James, 12, my daughter, Karina, 10, and Alina, about four. I knew my wife would not do that. I know she wouldn't do that to me. But I was a little suspicious of my children. So they were brought in for interrogation. And I had many years of experience as a principal and as a teacher interrogating young people. So I fired off the questions, denial, denial, denial. Somebody's not telling the truth here. So you go to the classic line, okay, if if we don't get the person who did it, everyone's going to receive justice and judgment. And I was convinced that it was Alina, the little one. I just, somehow she looked guilty. Somehow she had a, she had a really big sweet tooth. I just thought, I was just, Alina, you did it, right? You did it. Tell me and spare your brother and sister the punishment. She, she, nope, she denied it. She denied it. Karina denied it. Finally, my son confessed, and in his confession, he told me to look in the garbage can. And when I went over and pulled out the garbage can and looked in there, there were eight donuts in them, in the trash can, one bite taken out of each donut. I'm not going to tell you everything I said, but I do remember asking him, why? 
did you just take one bite and then throw it out? Put it back in the box. I'll cut off the little edge. I'll eat it. He said, I just wanted to taste and see which one I liked. <sighs> We're in public here. I probably shouldn't confess to you what I had him do, but I asked him to pick one of those donuts out and eat it out of the garbage can. Those donuts were lost. A Pastor Patterson in first service, he, he thought that I pulled the rest out and ate them myself. I did not do that. My wife is a witness. He wanted to taste and see, which, James wanted to taste and see which one was good and he liked. And if he didn't like it, he threw it out. Eight donuts, gone. God wants us to taste and see what he's like. So here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to run through the three texts that deal with our story today about Jesus eating with Matthew. So just bear with me and watch as we read through them and then we'll make some points together. Matthew 9, 9 through 15. As Jesus went out from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner, at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And this is an add-on, right? Following up on this. Then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? Okay, that's Matthew's. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what we call the synoptic gospels. They're very similar in their stories. So I want to look at Mark's now here real quick and go through it with you. And I'll come over on this side to give you equal treatment. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him, Jesus. While the, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Next text. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours don't? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. Nice to know that's there. Okay. Okay. So Matthew and Mark are very similar. There's a little, there's, you're going to see a little twitch here in uh, Luke. In Matthew and Mark, they were blaming who? 
Jesus. Why does he do this? Let's see what Luke says. Let's go. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet. And that, um, Luke is the only one that says it was a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to the sect complained to his disciples. Look, who? Why do you, disciples, eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So it's interesting in Matthew and Mark, they're blaming Jesus. Here, they're saying to Jesus' disciples, why are you eating with them? Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make, I like that. Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. The Pharisees, it appears, were looking for a food fight. Seems like they were always looking for a fight or con a contest with Jesus. And in these verses, we see them going after him and after his disciples. So, main points out of here. Number one, God does not want us to start a food fight with people by judging others. We as the church are not called to judge others. Legalism without love is not obedience. Legalism without love is not obedience. Second, as a church, our focus needs to be on celebrating the presence of the bridegroom. It is about Jesus. Our focus needs to be on Jesus, not on others, not on cleaning them up, but our focus needs to be on Jesus. And Jesus clearly taught in these scriptures, why are you worrying about what the Pharisees' disciples are doing and what John's disciples are doing when the bridegroom is here, celebrate with my disciples. And Pastor Jeff mentioned in first service that the first thing in the scripture that Jesus does is he says to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew gets up and it says there, he left, what did he leave? Everything. He walked away from everything to follow Jesus. Is this surprising? To some it is, to some is not. Today, Jesus still calls you and I to follow him, does he not? Every day, get up, follow me. Now what, think to yourself the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Point four, some religious people, we see this with Jesus, some religious people just like to judge, don't they? Some people just like to fight. Some people just like controversy. We had uh, a good friend in Puerto Rico. We went to church. 
Adventist church. We walked in the church. The person with us was an Adventist, but they had some jewelry on. And one of the greeters said to them, you're not an Adventist, are you? You're a visitor. And this person had been an Adventist for 65 years and said, what, 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 what do you mean I'm not an Adventist? They said, well, you have jewelry on. You can't be an Adventist. Welcome to church, right? Some people are just on Pharisee police patrol. And do you ever get the feeling with Jesus and his disciples, he's telling these stories and the Pharisees always pop up. Are they, are they stalkers? What are they, they're, they're all, they seem to always be there to point out, to ask a question, to make an accusation. So some religious people just like to judge. Jesus says, no, don't do that. Some religious people just like to fight, attack, question, judge, and label others so we all can know who they are. I heard somebody say once, the only thing that really needs labels are food in the grocery store and maps. Other than that, don't try to go around labeling people. You have not been given that job. In the Bible, in our time, we see people like to label the food we eat, the worship style we have, our theology, politics. We won't go there. Somebody told the story about Winston Churchill one time. He was eating at a state dinner and the lady next to him said, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, if, if I was your wife, I would poison your food. And he said, ma'am, if you were my wife, I would eat it. <laughs> Some people, if you're in politics, if you're in leadership, if you're in the church, if you're Jesus, some people are just following you around to judge you, your music, your dress, the way you do things. I remember in Minnesota at camp meeting, one of the young people had graduated from the academy and it was camp meeting and they were going to do music at camp meeting and I was there part of the platform committee and the two, the two young men and another guy came up and one of the young men uh, they had two strikes against them. First of all, they were going up front with guitars, which was going to cause some consternation in the group. And one of the young men had earrings. This is a Minnesota camp meeting. Midwest conservative. Somebody said to me, you can't let him go up. I thought, I thought... I thought, what's more important, his experience and walk or the impact on the crowd? I let him go up. I didn't want to embarrass him there. I, 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 I let him go. Let him go. He went up. I don't know what happened in his walk. I don't know where he wound up, but I do know two years later, he died in a car accident. And I always wondered, if we had not let him go on up, could that have had a negative punch in his walk? I'll never know. But point Jesus makes, don't be quick to judge people. Some religious people in Jesus' time and our time 
just don't think it's right that we should spend time with sinners. Well, the newsflash is, if that's true, you have to live your life alone. If you're not going to spend time with sinners, find a mountain, find a cave, find a quiet room, and be alone. Evidently, these religious leaders did not like, and it's said in the text that there were many tax collectors and sinners that were there. Something about Jesus allows sinners, tax collectors, others to be comfortable around him. And we're going to get to that in a second. Jesus knows that sinners are searching for a solution to their sin problem. He knows that. And maybe some sinners in their lives are not ready for that, but Jesus knows deep down that sinners are searching for a solution to their sin problem. Matthew and Mark, they say to, they, the Pharisees say to Jesus and the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors? And in Luke, he says, why do your disciples eat? And they also say there, eat and drink. And we know later they, they accuse Jesus of being a drunkard, a wine-bibber. Later, they accused him of being possessed by a demon. Uh, later, he would get in, they'd get in a food fight with him about why were they picking grain on the Sabbath? Uh, why don't they fast? Uh, lots of things going on. Here's an interesting thought. It's worth our thought that Jesus does not take the tax collectors and sinners to the synagogue. Jesus does not take the sinners, the tax collectors, the people he's working with, he doesn't take them to church. He takes them, he meets them in a safe place in their home. Interesting thing about, wouldn't, wouldn't church be the safe place? Wouldn't that be the good place to go? Wouldn't that be where they could get help? Jesus goes to their homes. He's seen publicly in their homes he doesn't mind being seen with them. And he's in their home. And I, when you eat and drink and hang out with somebody in their home, you start to become what? Friends. You build a relationship. You get to know a person. And he was a rabbi that was fairly well known and that he took the time to go to their homes, a safe place to teach. Let me preach at you now and preach at me. Can we make this a safe place for sinners to come? Does Jesus want church to be a safe house for sinners to come to? Or are we going to be the Pharisees and be doing exams and checks and inspections and deciding when you're good enough to come here? I think Jesus wants this to be a safe house for sinners to come. And if that's true, if we believe that, he wants us to make it that place. A safe house for sinners to come. Number seven. Jesus never lets labels limit his love for people. Get that? Jesus never lets labels limit his love for people. Those who the religious teachers and leaders thought were losers, Jesus says, I love them. 
Number eight, and we know this and we love this. In this church, this should resonate. Jesus came as a physician for the sick and sinners. Jesus came to heal and he comes here today to heal. Jesus wants to heal everyone. Do you believe that? He wants to heal everyone. And you know what? He will heal everyone. I tell people when we anoint people and they're sick, Jesus could heal you tonight. He could heal you tomorrow. He could heal you in a month. He could heal you in a year. He could heal you at the resurrection. He wants to heal you. He will heal, heal you. The question only is, when will he heal you? Each one of us is sick with two major problems that we can't escape. Sin and death. We cannot escape those two. Sin and death. Jesus has a solution for those for us today. And point number nine. Those who think they're righteous and well do not think or feel that they need Jesus. And that is the most dangerous place to be. Those who think that they are well and righteous and good and religious, like the Pharisees there, Jesus knew that they were in the most dangerous place and he was trying to shake them out of their false position. He was trying to show them the dangerous position that pride and judging can put a person in. I judged Alina for the donuts. I thought she was guilty. Man, I've judged a lot of other people in my life too. And look at people, the way they're dressed, the way they act. And I, I have been a Pharisee many, many times. Today, you and I face that same danger of pride and judging. And Jesus says, stop, church, stop. Don't do it. Heard a story a couple years ago that it happened on I-4. There's so many stories from I-4. We hear it all the time. But they were stuck on I-4. You know when you're on four, I-4 and do you ever see those people on the side that use the, the, what do we call it? What's the side? Shoulder. Use the shoulder to move on down. And this gentleman said he saw in his rearview mirror a red sports car coming down the shoulder. And he thought, I'm going to get this guy. So he just sort of inched his car halfway into the shoulder to try to block the guy. I know you've never done that. I've never done that. We always let people in when they ask to let us go in. And the guy sped around him and almost scraped his car and went around him fast. And the guy in the car was so mad. He got me. And they're moving slow, going slow. He got to his exit. He pulled into a hospital, not Florida hospital, thank goodness. It wasn't Florida hospital. He pulled into a hospital and he was looking for parking and who does he see looking for parking? The red sports car. And he says, I'm gonna get that last parking space. If he got me on the road, I'm gonna get the." And there was a parking space and he beat the guy in and he was like, yes, there is justice in this world. And he was walking in and he saw the red sports car pull into the handicap parking. And you know what this guy did? He looked at his car. He doesn't have a handicap sticker. Oh, I got this guy now. 
I'm going to call the police. And he was just getting his phone out to dial. The man got out of his car, ran to the other side, picked up a little child and ran into the emergency room. He had been falsely judging the way the man was driving, not being aware that the man was desperate to get to the hospital to get his child care. Jesus was trying to, sh to shake the people in his time and shake us today and say, it's very easy to get in a food fight over so many issues and lose sight of what really is important. Jesus clearly and repeatedly taught that it is not our job to judge others. He wants to help everyone. He wants to heal everyone. He wants to forgive everyone. Jesus loves everyone. We know this. He wants everyone to be a disciple of his, correct? And one thing he does not want us to do is to get in his way of bringing the sick to him to be healed. We can be a help, but we can also be a hindrance. Jesus doesn't want us to start food fights and judge others what you eat, what you dress, how you worship, who you hang with. Jesus wants us to bring others to him so that they may taste and see his mercy, his forgiveness, and his love. Matthew had experienced it. The disciples had experienced it. Zacchaeus experienced it. They were changed not by being judged, but by being loved and forgiven. Jesus wants all people to taste and see that he is good. May we never get in the way of people coming to Jesus. May we never try to block the shoulder of the road for a person who's trying to get to healing. May we never start a food fight by judging who is worthy to eat or spend time with Jesus. May we always help others to taste and see that Jesus is always ready to come to their house and eat with them. So there may be someone here today, and I'm not going to do an altar call, but there may be someone here today, or it may be you in your mind, that Jesus is saying, follow me and be like me and treat others the way that I treated others. And don't start food fights. Don't judge people. Make my house a safe house. Make your house a safe house. If you hear Jesus calling that to you today, just in your heart and mind, pray with me now as we talk to him and say, we want to follow you in that way. Father in heaven, brother Jesus, you were here on earth looking for the lost, fishing, seeking, coming as a physician to heal the sick. There were many who tried to get in your way and yet you prevailed and kept going and loving. And we today ask that we will follow you in all things. And if we have judged others wrongly and if we have hurt others, may we go and make that right today. Forgive us for that. If we have hurt someone within this church, May we go and make that right. And may we have the heart and the action and the commitment of Matthew to get up, to leave everything, to follow you in Jesus' name.